0: Welcome Danielswindow.org where we watch and pray. What are we watching for? What are we praying for? Well, whatever we see, you know, Daniel went up to uh, went up to his room and opened his windows and prayed three times a day when a decree was made. And they you know and, and we're the same thing. We you know we we, we pray, we open our windows. That windows may be a, a a window that you're looking outside to your neighbor, a window may be your your iPad or your iPhone, your Android phone, your television, uh, or whatever we're looking to the into the world, but we're talking right now about coronavirus and thou shalt not assemble is this title of this particular message Coronavirus thou shalt not assemble and I'm going to relate some of this back to Daniel um, uh, Chapter chapter six and what's going on here But to all the churches that are kind of late to the virtual church reality or virtual reality uh, Welcome, this is a generation some generation will never reach unless you reach out to them in the virtual reality and we know that church is more than a building that's getting out there on social media pretty quick church is more than a sunday or wednesday church is more than a for uh, a discipline or a for morality we are the church we are to go out and reach our neighbors reach the people around us but we're going to talk more about that there is something inherently wrong with that statement that church is not a building we are the church that is partially true and we're going to talk more about that but before we go into that uh, i'm going to talk about daniel 6. daniel 6 is a a story that many of you guys have heard, Daniel and the lion's den. And uh, so let's just jump right into it. I'm not gonna read the whole chapter, but I encourage you to go through. But I'm gonna jump in right here to uh, verse seven. Before that, uh, it's talking about that Daniel was perfect in all his ways towards the government, that there was no corruption or negligence in him. But the, but the people around him wanted him out because they, they didn't like him and his God. And so if we're gonna find anything against Daniel, then it's gonna to have to be against him and his God. And so all these people came together to petition the king. It says, All the commissioners of the kingdom, the, the prefects, the satraps, the high officials, the governors, have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days should be cast into the lion's den. Let's jump down to verse 10. It says, Now that Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house, now in his roof chamber, he had windows open towards Jerusalem, he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. So this one's called Coronavirus, Thou Shalt Not Assemble, and as you know, many churches have shut down. Everything is kind of shut down. Um, um, some of it by law, has become increasingly by law, by edict from, you know, the governor or edict by your mayor of your city. And, and it's a good thing some of the churches are shut down to get involved in here, but we got to know the repercussions of this In fact, I don't think some churches are going to be able to make it come back financially but But there's a, there's a big change of reality here about church And this coronavirus is telling us thou shalt not assemble when when we need to assemble You know, but these people came together together uh, uh, against Daniel all these people came together and we may have legal decrees coming against the church telling that we can't assemble again after this You know the government mandate and you know, or law or federal may come out and say that the state law may come out your city may come out to say that But I don't think it's gonna be a legal decree There's also a social decrease and you know, all these people came together in you know the book of Daniel and uh, to get uh, to get Daniel into trouble well the same thing has happened. So here's a social degree. You have an inter- entertainment, Hollywood shutting down. You have a sports industry shutting down. You have a travel industry shutting down. You have the medical community telling us to shut down. You have the, the media telling us to shut down. Other religions are shutting down. But but should we as Christians always shut our doors? Should we forsake assembly one another? There's a lot of uh, uh, things we need to consider before we do this for the long term. I, I do agree we need to do it right now to, to work things out, to figure out what's going on here. But there are repercussions if we, if we as the church, as a city on the hill, and you know, a light to the nations start, uh, you know, leave our places, leave the, the gates of the city and, and, and disperse. You know, so, so all these people are coming together and if we Christians decide that we do need to peacefully meet together, that we need, need to come together as a church face-to-face, you know, my church has been talking about for a year being face-to-face relationships where there's not so much face-to-face on television. And it's not a, you know, a hit upon them because we're all doing what we need to do at this moment in time. I'm suggesting here that uh, we need to be careful on making quick judgments on what we're going to do in the near future about this situation. But I want to go down to nine things a virtual church does not do well, nine things a virtual church does not do well. And this is why we need to have um, physical churches. We are, you know, the church is not a building. We are the church, but we do need a building. This is nine reasons why a virtual church does not do well. First of all, it tells us to come together and break a bread. We can't do that well. I'm sure there's an app out there by now, you know, or there will be an app. Maybe you're making an app now that you heard me say that of breaking a bread. Now, breaking their bread is not just, you know, you know communion or, or just taking bread, but it's actually fellowship in one another. You know, there's a greater fellowship when you have all the senses together, when you're face-to-face with somebody rather than, a, rather than just uh, doing it over the phone or doing it over, over, over video. Also, serving one another. I mean, it's not you know, all that easy to serve one another when we're online. I'm sure there are a lot of people that are doing the chat lines and serving encouraging that way, but there's a whole lot of serving going on in churches. In fact, that's why, that's probably the biggest reason I go to church is is, is to serve. I mean, I'm a, I'm a kind of recluse type person. I need a whole lot of time. Uh, by myself, praying, a whole lot of time studying, a whole lot of time to re-energize. And so just the idea of all the church is shut down, my flesh is going, oh, yeah, I don't have to go to church. I can just do church and God, you know, uh, myself. But that's not what the church is. The church needs to come together, you know, and we do need to come together virtually, but we also need to come together in the natural we need to serve one another I love going into, you know church and serving one, uh, serving other people I work in the media uh, department now I work wherever I um, needed to be. I do hear the message and, and so forth but I, I get a whole lot more out of the message when um, when I go home and listen to it again when there's no distractions around me. I, I get really easy distracted by when I'm around a whole lot of people. So I rather when I'm out with people I rather serve. Well, if we're only behind a, a camera, if we're only behind, you know, a computer screen, an iPad you know or or whatever then it's really going to be difficult to serve one another so nine things a virtual church does not do well breaking a bread serving one another sharing resources with one another going to be very difficult to share resources sure you can send paypal or or some finances to somebody else but the scripture you know script talks about people coming together and sharing even some of them were selling their lands so that nobody was lacking we want to make sure during this coronavirus that our that our uh, church members that are around us that nobody's lacking so contact some people around you that you haven't, you know, talked to, uh, haven't heard from uh, lately. See if there's any resources that they're lacking. If you have it, then then help them. Scripture talks about it. if you have two coats, don't pray for somebody, to, you know, be warm and be made well. Give them a coat. So if we have extra resources, we need to be sharing that, especially in the household of faith, especially those who are doing the will of the Father. Accountability accountability is very difficult over the over the internet sure you can call somebody and be held accountable but i'm not just talking about accountability by asking you questions about what you're doing and and, and where have you been and where your eyes have been you know set in lately but accountability you can just walk into a room with other christians and immediately you can feel like account, uh, accountability you can immediately feel I mean, if you've been walking in sin, you're going to feel it real quick when you walk into a group group of Christians. And so, just not even saying anything, just walking in, you have that accountability. But it's very difficult to that accountability when you are just virtual virtual church attending. Like I said, I don't have anything against virtual church attending. And we're going to talk more about the good things of that as well. Uh, we have need of one another. It says, "Be that you know." Uh, we, we need one another. We need more just encouraging words. We need pat on the backs. We need a hug here and two. We need, you know, just that look that, you know, that you really can't capture over a camera. Or you really can't capture, you know, remotely. It, you know, some people are talking about, you know, well, we're all together in spirit. and It's probably come from the reference where where Paul made a judgment on, on the church of Corinth and says I'm there in spirit well we are there we are in one spirit so we are together but it's still not the same thing as being face to face you know if you ever had a child go into military or a child you know that, that that moved away or or even in prison you know you love that call you love that text you love those kind of things but it's still not the same as face to face relationships and that's why we we can't forsake assembly of one another. We need maybe do it for a period of time, but we still need to come together. And so we need to be prepared for that. Another thing that you lose over a virtual church as a virtual church does not do the corporate anointing very well. Sure, the anointing comes over the airwaves and you can feel many times when you hear a preaching and you can be energized and feel that, but it's still not the same as a corporate anointing when people come face to face. Laying on of hands. You know, you see people laying hands on the screen, you know, and saying, hey, you lay your hands. Well, I don't say that. That's not, that's not right because, I mean, it does happen, but I'm talking, but there's still, you just can't, still can't get by on the laying on of hands face to face. We are at a light on a hill. You know, we need to come together. You know, your light and my light is too dim to stand alone. But when we come together, that light intensifies. what says one You know sends a thousand of flight and two sends ten thousand of flight when we come together. So we need to come together. And if we we're going to be in that light and a hill, and if we do abandon our physical churches, not only are we abandoning, you know, the gates of the city, and if you understand Old Testament, you understand what I'm saying there, but we're also, I mean, what happens if, it, you know, uh, if, Social media pulls the plug on Christianity your virtual churches go down with Facebook decides we're not we're not going to allow the churches to preach about Jesus and 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 Twitter and 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 all these other social media they could easily pull the plug on us and our light has gone out that quick but we you know and 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 there is already discrimination there's already people who who you know broke the terms of YouTube broke the terms of of, of of Facebook and they're no are no, no longer allowed on there, so we can't just go complete a virtual virtual church. We need to be in the city. You know, when you go to cities especially big cities, you see these tall buildings and there's a name on the tall buildings, and usually, you know, they're they're oil companies or banks. Well, that shouldn't be because the high places, you read the old scriptures, the old testament, you find out about the whole oh, the high places. Why isn't a church a high place? Why are you not Christians and not, you know in those high places? You know, the highest place in the city is where people are looking at, but our cities are driven by money. The God of this world is money. And so the biggest places in the city are, are you know, banks and and you know and, and oil companies. But we need to be that light in the hill. That's why we need to come together. Uh, we're also a house of prayer for the nations. Certainly we can get it, you know, pray, you know, together online and certainly there's been a lot of people over the last decade who have prayer lines and they'll come together in prayer lines and you know and pray for the nations. But it still is not the same. It doesn't have that corporate anointing. It does have an anointing, but it just just doesn't have that same because we need to make prayer calls. So that was nine things a virtual church does not do well. The breaking of bread, the serving one another, sharing resources of one another, accountability, Have need, we have need of one another, corporate anointing, laying on of hands, a light on a hill, house of prayer for the nations. So now let's talk about two things that the virtual church does do well, two things. The virtual church does well on teaching, to getting the word of God out there, I mean, not only do you, can you stream your message, but you have it on backlog where people can have video on demand and or teachings on demand. And you can go through school and you can learn so much so quick because it's available. You don't have to wait for Sunday, you know, preaching. You can just get so much. And so church virtual church does well in teaching, teaching of righteousness, teaching of doctrines of disciplines, teachings of the, how to do the work in the ministry until we all come together, uh, teaching of communication, uh, Virtual church does well in communication, is uh, the little C communicating the little church? What's going on in your church? What's going on in the church of your city? The big C, the big, you know, the big church, the worldwide church. How we coming together? How people in India doing? How people in Africa doing? How are Christians in 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 Zimbabwe and, and 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 Japan and and North Korea doing? Uh, quick crisis response. You know, if you're only going to church on Sunday, you know that's seven days uh, in between. But when you have a virtual church and you communicate well, you communicate people's needs. I mean, very quickly. So two things a virtual church does well is teaching and communication. But now let's talk about seven dangers of virtual church only. If you're thinking about, hey, this is a whole lot easier to have a virtual church than just coming together. Well, there is there is you know reason to that. There's seven dangers of virtual church only. We are a spirit that needs a body. You know, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a, in a and I live in a body. Well, if I don't have this body, then I'm a disembodied spirit, and if I'm a disembodied spirit, I have no place, you know, or authority or influence upon this earth. To be separated from this body means to be with the Lord, those who are born again, who, who love God. So that's the same thing with the church. I believe when we say that the church is not a building that we are the church. That's only partially true. We do need that church. We do not need that physical place. We don't want to be a disembodied church. We need to be a body church coming together united, you know, in front in front of people. I know we are, uh, there is persecuted nations that keep building their churches. You people keep building churches in China. They knock them down. They rebuild them. People keep you know, burning down churches in, you know, in India and burning down churches in Africa. And they keep building it. What do, what do our brothers and sisters overseas know that we don't know? They know that coming together publicly like Jesus carried the cross publicly is that we need to come together no matter what the threat is, that we need to be face-to-face. We need to show the world that we're not hiding, that we're not uh, uh, afraid. And once again, I'm not, you know, condemning or shaming or judging or, or or anything about churches taking the next few Sundays off or following, you know, government rules. We're trying to figure out just how serious this is. We're trying to figure out this new way of doing church, and you know, and so this... Nothing against that. I'm just saying we need to be aware of what we're going into. So Christ is to be seen and heard, and we must be seen to be heard. You know, out of sight, out of mind. You know, if we decide to go to virtual church, that's real easy to turn us off. We need to be in this city. We need to be be an influence in the city. And we as people can go out from there and be involved in all the parts of the city. We need to, but we need to come together as one as well. Because our own light is too dim for the darkness ahead. We need to come together. Uh, no assembly scripture talks about us uh, not forsaken assembly together in these days like many have that we need to come together and encourage one another lest sin takes a hold of us and you can't really assemble w- when you're online. You know, you know, I'm, I'm going to break this down and I know there's been a lot of people who go to church and not assemble. In fact, that's where I got the revelation is one day because once because uh, I, I told you uh, that I'm, I'm kind of recluse that I'd rather do Jesus on my own, but because I love God and I love people. I I I've disciplined myself to make sure that I'm going out and serving and being face to face with people, not just on Sunday, but other other days. But one day I did not want to go to church, and this was years ago. And the Lord told me, um, you know, uh, uh, that that just because I, you know, I went to church doesn't mean I was I was assembling. You know, I back I, one time I put on Facebook that, you know, it says that church is an as uh, an acquired taste, and I and I'm trying to acquire it. <laughs> I am born again we love God and love people but um, I have, and I certainly have acquired the taste for church and, You know not only I've wrote to church but meeting together but anyway Jesus uh, was telling me in my spirit um, that just because I went to church didn't mean I was assembled and he gave me this analogy if I was to go buy a 500 piece puzzle you know at, you know at the store, I can shake up that puzzle and I can hear all 500 pieces in that box. All 500 pieces are in that box, but is that puzzle assembled? No, they're just together. And there are and there are countless people who go to church every Sunday or every, every time the door is open, but they never assemble because assemble, you need to connect. And some of those puzzle pieces connect in, in strange and different ways. We need to connect. We need to serve. If you're just coming to get your blessing, then you're not really assembled. You're just kind of a spectator or a consumer. And you know. We need to we need to connect, but to connect on a virtual church is, is really hard. In fact, if you're assembled face to face, then we're going to be also assembled on virtual churches too. But we've got to come together, um, um, in in one place. Another problem, another danger of virtual churches is it's easy to heap yourself your own teachers. Scripture warns us that in the end times that many people will heap teachers that tickle their own ears. And I don't think that necessarily means uh, bad teachers or false teachers, or you know, or and there certainly are. But even good teachers. when I come to church on Sunday, I don't know what's being taught. And sometimes it is, you know, promoted, but I don't know exactly what's being said. And so he starts, you know, the pastor starts saying something that, that I don't agree with and don't like, you know, that it's convicted me. I'm going to have to stay through it or just get up and show everybody and walk out. But if I'm at on a virtual church, I just fast forward and turn it off. You know, I can just go, I, just, I can just choose what I want to hear it all the time. But that's one reason why we go to church and we submit ourselves to church so we can hear the pastor, you know, say some things that, that are not going to, that we're not necessarily going to agree with because he fears, fears God and not fears and does not fear man and he wants to make sure that we're healthy. And that's one danger of the virtual church is it's easy for us to get outside of that and say, I'm skipping forward. Or no iron sharpen iron. You know that's kind of the same mentality. I don't like what he's doing, so um, so I'm just going to fast forward. I'm just going to skip that message. Or or and and dangers of virtual church only. It's really easy to just to serve yourself. And like I said, many people come to church just to get their blessing. They're kind of consumer Christians, and so the same thing. And it's easy easier to do it when you're just virtually at church on virtual church and church on demand mentality. This last Sunday, many people logged on for the first time and saw their churches uh, stream for the first time. Even some of the churches that had been streaming for years, you know, all these people came together and, and, it, and it was exciting. It was it was a new uh, adventure and, and many people on Facebook and social media saying, it's okay for me not to take a shower. It's okay for me to show up in church on my pajamas and it was LOL everywhere. It was, it was kind of funny, but, the, but that, you know, that's going to degrade over time. In fact, I think this next Sunday, there's going to be less people log in because, because there's a discipline there's a discipline Sunday morning or even Saturday evening if you, wherever you go to church there's a discipline you got to get up your your wife or your husband and your kids who are you know that are slow to get up who maybe don't want to go you got to get dressed you got to get a shower get dressed and you know and get in the car Then you find out that you don't have gas go to the gas station and then you can get to church and you're not if you're not a morning person like me but you got to deal with people in the, you know in the right way and so it's a discipline but virtual churches, you know, you can throw out all of that discipline. You don't need to do anything, anything like that. And even though it's your church, church, you know, uh, streams live, some of that's going to just be shared in the archive. So you can have, you know, video uh, church on demand. So no longer are you, are we even meeting together? We may be hearing the same message, but you're doing it anytime, you know, anytime you want to. Then eventually. You're just not going to even, you know, maybe not even listen because maybe your pastor isn't the best pastor or the best teacher or whatever, you know, uh, in your world. So you're just going to go listen to somebody who you think is the best. But because you're involved face to face with your pastor, the church you're going to and, you know, you hear his teaching and his teaching does, you know, affect you and does change you and does chastise you and does, you you know, encourage you that you can but but when it comes to church only demand you can skip all that and so that's seven dangers of virt- virtual church only as, uh, uh we need to watch out but during this coronavirus we need to make sure that we are the church that we are more than a building we are a building too but we need more than a building that we go out and love our neighbors which means washing our hands which is also in the book of leviticus the book of leviticus talks about always washing your hands in fact the pharisees were so caught up in the washing their hands they tried to you know, trick up Jesus and were upset that he, you know, didn't make his disciples wash their hands because back then they didn't know about germs. So they believed, you know, if they didn't wash their hands and touch a holy thing that God sent out demons, you know, to make them sick or even sometimes kill them. They didn't know about germs. In fact, we didn't know about germs until a couple hundred years ago. And even during the Black Plague, you know, the, the Jews kept the, the Levitical, uh, Levitical law and washing their hands and keeping people outside the camp when they got sick. And so the Jews were largely uninfected uh, during the Black Plague. And in fact, they were even accused of, of causing it because they weren't getting sick. And so but, so we need to wash our hands. We need to live outside the camp to get well um, if, if we do catch this. We need to call the elders of the church to come pray if you are sick. If you know someone in need, don't be afraid to reach out and help. We're not a people of fear, but we're a people of faith. You know that God has got us protect us. We're not, we don't act stupid. We don't try to get sick. But if somebody needs help, then we lay down our life. You know, and we give up our life and go out there and help them, no, no matter what the consequence is. Uh, next thing, assemble or not? You know, that is the question. Do we assemble? This whole thing about coronavirus—thou shalt not assemble. The coronavirus is telling us we shouldn't assemble. Not only as a church, but you know, a decree has been, you know, uh, handed out that that nobody more than we can't congregate any more than ten people at a time. I don't know how some big families are going to deal with that one because there's some people that, well, anyway. Pastors need to make that decision about how long are we going to put church off. It's a good idea right now as we weigh things out, we work things out. But at some point, we, can, we can't walk away from our physical churches. We need to be that city in the hill. We need to be at the gates of the city. We need to be seen, you know, and uh, to be heard. We can't just be virtual. We can't allow Satan to put us virtually so that so when the power is cut, we're cut. There's many churches that are making it overseas, you know, in, in China and North Korea and doing kind of things, but they're trying to come above ground. They're trying to be seen. You know, they're trying to make uh, things so So let's not give up our, our freedoms and give up the like that we have. Um, so before government, it's most likely social media will make will make that decision for us. We're probably going to have more problems with social media coming against us for you know, gathering together than the government. And before Daniel and the Lions didn't become a reality, it may be, Not today's reality, but it could easily become tomorrow's reality. So DanielsWindow.org where we watch and pray.